Welcome, everybody, to a special episode of Strife's Sanctum. Uh, I'm your host, Citizen Strife, and if you're wondering why I'm getting this out really quickly, it's because not only did I watch Bebop legit last week, I just finished watching Cowboy Bebop Netflix live action today. It came out on Friday on Netflix, as advertised. It's a 10-episode series, and... I will spoil things, just be a warning there, I'll get my thoughts out early, I don't know how long that will take, but I will make a definite spoiler warning when things go for anybody who is coming in new. The basic gist of this is I'm going to talk about what I found was good or even great about the show, what I thought was bad, and what I thought was ugly. So that'll be kind of a definite, like, these are scattershot thoughts. I don't have them planned like I always do. But as a general rule, this will be spoiler-free first. I liked it. If you're curious about does it follow the show, it honestly does. They do enough to follow the show proper, and they, they make it look and feel like a more grounded uh, kind of chintzy-looking B-movie crime comedy, I suppose. This is the best way to put it. They have the drama, they have the action, but they put a lot more effort into the comedy. So it may not be what you're looking for, but as somebody who did watch the show again recently, and somebody who, let's face it, said it was the best anime they'd ever seen, take it from me and I'm saying, you can calm down. A lot of the worry is... It would be an absolute train wreck. It's not. The best thing I can say is that they do service to most of the plots, to most of the characters just fine. They do take liberties, as you would imagine, for a show structured as like two episodes in one. They stretch some episodes out, but they follow them as much as they can while doing their own thing. That being said, it's a mixed bag of characters that feel and act like they should a couple who are very different than they should be. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what you're looking for. To me, most of the characters feel and act like they should. I will go over why they don't in most cases, but I can see and I can level with the character and level with what the creators were at least attempting to do. Visually story-wise, you name it. There are a lot of changes that are made to the origins. It's not a point-by-point -point remake. If that's what you're looking for, you're not going to get it. If you're looking to bash on it, you're not going to get that. There's a lot of good stuff in it, and actually, there are a couple of good episodes. There are legitimately good episodes in here. There are legitimately good characters in here. There's legitimately good comedy in here mixed in with some of the issues that I will discuss. Do I want to watch it again? Would I want to see a season two? Honestly, yes. But I know I have reservations about that, what's going to happen if they decide to do so. And most of it has to do with the ending and what they were deciding to do with that. So the best thing I would say is that they adhere to the anime as much as they can, but they are willing to stretch the boundaries add a few things in here that work or don't work depending on what you're looking for out of an adaptation of the show. But it looks like Bebop, it feels like Bebop, it acts like Bebop, it's fine. 
Don't let any of the naysayers fool you. It's just fine. It could be better, but it's not going to ruin your day. There are a few things that might piss you off, but you're going to have a good time. So you can you can sigh a breath of fresh air. It's not as bad as Ghost in the Shell. I don't know if it's as good as Alita live action. I'm pretty sure it's not, but again, it's not going to replace the anime. It's not trying to replace the anime. It's doing something different. That being said, if you don't mind the spoiler warning, this is your spoiler warning right now. So, okay. As far as people who don't want to be spoiled, don't mind being spoiled, let's get on with it. So, what do they do well? Well, right up front, Spike and Jet. Spike and Jet are amazing. Spike and Jet own this show. John Cho and I believe it was Mustafa Shakir they're amazing. I know there was probably a little issue with Jet being, you know, African-American instead of a big white guy, but he looks the part, he acts the part, he feels like Jet. They made a few changes to his backstory to make him kind of like Barrett from Final Fantasy VII, if I'm being totally honest. He has um, an ex-wife, as opposed to not being married or anything like that. He has a daughter, and that's a bit sh- shocking, but it does add to his subplot, I think, because Jet is the best character in the show. His whole mantra is, I want this to be a family. I don't want anybody to have any harboring issues between us. I want us to be a good person. And he's right. He's an ex-cop who had his arm blown off and one of the best episodes is about him getting his arm blown off and they do that episode justice it's it's really good it's mid-season so they build a lot of story and subplot around him having trust issues some of it's played for laughs and one of the best scenes is later on in the show where Faye's story is actually taking front center but his whole thing with his daughter is kind of a subplot. So Spike and Jet are going to somewhere, and Jet's having Spike do some stuff with some uh, hitmen while Jet goes and watches a recital with his daughter. And they play with the technology. So one of the cool things is they added in this, like, holographic technology, right? This was set in, like, 2071. They didn't do a lot of space stuff, But what they did do was a lot of holographic technology. And what you're able to do is actually take your image and plop it into a new area. But much like a VR headset or something, you are still in a physical space. So there's a lot of physical comedy with Jet uh, attending the recital with his daughter. That was framed really well, and it's really good. So they do a lot of cool stuff with the visual design. They do a lot of cool stuff with Jet. And I know that people are like, he doesn't have a daughter. It's not right. No, it's fine. It's perfectly fine because Mustafa Shakir is great. He owns the scenery and his episodes are great anytime anytime he's there. Like, yeah, he's played for comedy sometimes, but he's the um he's the core of the show even more than Spike sometimes. And speaking of Spike, he's the main character played by John Cho and it's fine. He's amazing. 
Uh, John Cho slipped right into Spike Spiegel, and it is just slick. He plays him exactly like you'd want. It's like Steve Bloom coming back to life yet again. And any worry about Spike on the big screens? Nope. He looks the part. He's got the blue suit. He's got the cigarettes. He's got the beer. He's got the just laissez-faire attitude. But there's a reason. And a lot of the later parts of the show and a lot of the cool stuff in the middle is building to the finale, which is about Vicious and is about Julia. And the benefit is that they will go into a lot more Julia and Vicious stuff, and I do appreciate that. This show focuses a lot on the crime drama aspect, them growing up in the syndicate. They have a whole episode devoted to their time in the syndicate. It's really cool because that's not something the anime ever did. They gave you two or three minutes and let you connect the dots. I liked that. I liked the fact that they were willing to show Vicious and Spike together as not what I would call friends, but sworn brothers kinds of thing. And then they give you the inner workings of the mob kind of thing, and it worked for me. Any other time Spike is dealing with his... uh, informants and you know other things and he's interacting with you know the episodes as they are his run-in with Pierre LeFou is great the other best episode if not the best episode is running into Mad Pierrot they actually have Vicious break Mad Pierrot out of prison out of the lab that he was in to fetch him on Spike to sick him on Spike basically so that gives Vicious a bit more like meat on the bones and i'll talk about vicious later but for that episode it's awesome seeing what they do with the mad pierrot guy because he owns the scenery he gets the laugh down he gets the why is he so unkillable down why is everything so awesome down that's probably the best episode it's episode eight Uh, it's called sad clown of gogo it's the mad pierrot episode it's amazing okay there's some great shit in here it's perfect it's exactly what you want. It's the creepy clown shit in the theme park. It works. So it's great. Spike, when he's talking with friends in the bar, it's great. He just has this aura about him that just works, that exudes confidence, but he also is willing to show that sensitive side to him. And it's fun. If nothing else, the show is fun. And it has stakes where it needs to it adheres to the anime when it needs to it's not perfect in that regard it changes some names and faces around but if you know the references you know what they're going for and i don't think anything truly detracts too much um but like i said episodes five and episodes eight are really good and some changes to the main characters are fine That being said, we're getting to the bad now. And I said that Spike and Jet were amazing. Everybody else, hit or miss. Um, Let's start with Faye. She's a bit too jovial. Uh, Daniela Pineda, I believe is her name. She plays her too jovially. jovially. I don't care about her outfit change. I can understand why they changed her outfit. It's fine. But Faye... Despite having some chemistry with the main characters in their comedic scenes, doesn't come across as sullen or as melancholic. I'd say that's the word I would use, melancholic, about her situation, because the tone of the show is more comedic, so they have a lot more banter between each other. There was some people having issues with Spike and Faye not really having a romantic tinge, and I'm like, they do that in the show, but they really don't. 
like in the anime they do and they don't so i don't care because the season is about spike and julia and vicious so you don't need a romance subplot with spike and Faye when you're doing a full-on romance thing with spike vicious and julia you just don't need to do that so i don't mind that i mind the fact that Faye comes across way too jovial she gets the she gets the cool bounty hunter gimmick down but she doesn't get the femme fatale the everybody's fighting over me the things are working against me the trust issues thing it doesn't add up perfectly and whenever Faye is the focal point of an episode even her backstory leaves a lot to be desired and leads to more comedic moments than it should be serious stakes there's nothing as good as speak like a child in the anime though they do touch on it in her episodes it doesn't have the same emotional impact and that's where the show falters because they're trying to do a comedic version of the show i said before in the anime review it is a darker show with dry humor. I, w I put it at a 65-35 or even 70-30 drama to comedy split, and the comedy that is there is either Radical Edward or is dry humor. This tries to be a lighter comedy with a lot of drama when it comes to Spike and Jet, or sometimes with Faye, but it doesn't really hit home with the stakes because... I would say it's a 65-35 comedy to action and humor split. The banter's fine. There's a lot of good stuff. I think them going, you know, bowling or them farting around on the ship and bitching at each other's fine. It's when it happens when they're on missions and they're trying to splice in the dramatic stakes but they're also spending time trying to stay comedic, like the Marvel movie kind of thing. And it doesn't really work all the time. And even Vicious and Julia sometimes get ha-has and laughs, and it's not the best. Especially from the villainous side, you don't really want them to be the comedic foils at all. So if you're looking for the comedic side, it's there. And I don't think it's really egregious. I just don't think it fits the... It gets the serious shit when it needs to, but I don't think the stakes feel as weighty as they should. Um, speaking of Spy, uh, Julia and Vicious, they have been changed. Not too drastically, but I'd say Vicious comes out worse. Julia, uh, Elaine Satine, I believe is her name. And again, I don't have the names in front of me, so if I get them wrong, excuse me. But Elaine Satine is fine but doesn't have the same presence their interpretation of julia was vicious and uh, vicious and julia got married that's contentious issue i'm sure but it does justify like why is there a love triangle well Sp spike had a relationship with julia and tried to escape and vicious found out and vicious kind of took her hostage kind of the issue is that Julia doesn't exactly exude, like, confidence. Even though in the anime, it's not like she is. It's just that Mary McGlynn's voice is so domineering in most cases and very dark and stern that she still came off as a commanding presence. In this, her voice is a lot lighter and a lot softer. She's coming off as a damsel in distress or an abused housewife, which she is, and I get that. That's what they were going for. 
it doesn't quite add up because the Julia in your mind is going against the Julia on the screen and it's kind of a mental disconnect. You can jump through hoops for Faye because she still feels like the bounty hunter, but for Julia and for Vicious specifically, the weightiness of their on-screen relationship doesn't really hold as much weight as I was hoping. And we get to Vicious. Having him voiced by Alex Hazel, uh, uh, portrayed by Alex Hassel or Hazel, um, it's it's different. Uh, he is portrayed more like a daddy's boy and a, a son with daddy issues and just entitled prick. As opposed to, I just want to kill things. This world has nothing. And the weird thing is, is they reference a lot of the phrases like, there is nothing in this world to believe in, or you see yourself right now, and what does it look like? You know, that sort of stuff. And he doesn't have the gruff and stern nature. I'm not going to say he's Lord Farquaad from Shrek. That was one like one, um, one criticism I saw online. It was like, he sounds like Lord Farquaad. is like, no. But at the same time, I can see why someone would think that. He has his moments, and he does fight very well, and he does come off imposing in spots. But the problem is, it's in spots. What they decided to do with him was make him... Daddy Issues guy. And... I get everything handed to me, I don't earn it, I'm a drunk, I'm a whatever, and then I go and beat my wife. <laughs> it's very bleh. But given what they ended up having Julia do, it's kind of interesting in a way, because, again, we are in spoiler territory, so I will mention this. The episode in the church is the finale. So... Vicious is fighting Spike, but for some reason Julia has escaped custody and is actually going to said church. Vicious gets fought, and they're gonna do the thing where Vicious is gonna, like, choke him and throw him out the window or whatever. Julia shows up. And, knowing that Spike is alive, says, why don't you kill him? Just kill him and we can run away, or kill him and we can take over, or something like that. So what happens is Vicious has decided to kill the elders, so they actually moved that subplot into this first season, so he's already done that. Julia, sensing an opportunity, has said, why don't, Spike, why don't we run the Red Dragons? Spike decides not to. And the to the it didn't occur to me until she said, well, what do I want? What about what I want? And then it transpires that Julia herself shoots Spike and then holds Vicious hostage and takes over. I get what you're saying. What the fuck? But if you bear with it, you can understand... They adhere to the Bebop lore, and they give Julian a new backstory. They keep Vicious around enough 
but you also understand that because Vicious is the way he is, there's only so much that that Vicious, this entitled guy as the leader of the thing, subservient to Spike or in Spike's shadow or even in his father's shadow, whatever. There's only so much meat that you can get off of that by having Julia be the one to take over. Now you've expanded the lore and you can say, okay, if we're going to get a second season out of it, now we have the added weight that Julia herself could turn into that more self-assured character that you kind of wanted her to be at the, like how I envisioned Julia to be. So you sacrifice Vicious's importance to elevate Julia's. It's an interesting idea, and it's almost like those Star Trek live, uh, those Star Trek remake movies with Chris Pine and whatever. They took their own way of doing the Star Trek lore, but they didn't kill off the anime version because, again, you can watch the anime just fine and enjoy it the way you want to, but they're going to try and do their own thing. The way this show works is they adhere to the episode lures as much as they can while still trying to do their own thing and now they have the ability to expand and try something different with spike and julia and even vicious maybe vicious doesn't stay the conniving prissy whiny kind of drunk vicious type Maybe they build to that, and maybe you end up getting the characters Vicious and Julia that I envisioned just later than you want. So, again, the tone of the show is very comedic, and some of the things are lost in translation, but I still think there are some good things to be had. That being said, for all the benefits and stuff that they had with all the images and all the technology and all this stuff, I think they, they cheapened out when it came to visual design. It's very dark and kind of grungy and not super colorful. Uh, a lot of it is set at night, or a lot of it has these weird camera angles. One thing I noticed was, outside of Brain Scratch, uh, episode 6, where you can kind of get away with a lot of the weird camera angles because you're doing like a mind fuck a lot of the like slow camera angles and zoom ins and all the weird things kind of take away from the impact because you're trying to do a movie, but it comes off as like a B grade TV show. And it looks like a, I, I remember it like people called it like a YouTube sketch or a nostalgic sketch. They're fine for what they are. But if you try to do that in a show like this with the Netflix budget, it's kind of like. It doesn't fit. So there's all these weird, like, angular shots and weird close-ups, and it's fine, but it gets distracting. And the look of the show is going for that more, like, um, late-night grungy, like, B-movie or maybe even HBO type thing, but not even that, right? Because even, like, on HBO, like, if I was watching Oz or something, I'd be like, nah, this looks really fucking good. This looks like... Oz, but maybe a step or two down in skill, and it just kind of comes off as like low rent. And I don't really have a lot to go on because I don't, I don't really watch all that stuff. But you'll know it when you see it. You're kind of like, this looks good, but for some reason it just feels off-putting somehow. 
and I think that might have been a, a design choice and whatever, that's fine. It's just a bit... Uh, so you have the Spike and Julia thing, you have the Faye thing, you have the the camera angles and the what's it's kind of getting in the way of the awesome music, the awesome looks of the characters and the feels. But now, now, now we got to get to Ed. And um, what can I say? I um, look, Ayn is great. Ayn's in there for a couple couple episodes and he's funny but he's a dog he's not gonna do much but um ed shows up right at the end as a season two kind of thing almost like the sonic movie where tails shows up at the end and is like hey look at that we've got the character you were looking for and here's the problem it's gonna sound weird but the exact reason why ed does not work at all is because she is Radical Edward. She looks, she sounds, she acts exactly like Radical Edward. To a T. Same outfit, same hair, same look, same goofy grins and talking weird, and oh my god, spikes be going! It is very off-putting when in done in live action. And I said this in my anime review. There is absolutely no way in hell you can translate Radical Edward to live action. And you know what they did? They translated Radical Edward to live action. Exactly. To a T. And it is scary. It is very scary. It is no one's fault. It is not the actresses. It's not the directors. It's not their fault. It's the fact that Where's Ed? Why's Ed? What's Ed? How, how are you going to get Ed? This is what was going to happen. If you've seen the footage, you've seen it. It's at the end of the last episode. Oh my God. It is so weird. Because Radical Edward is weird. There is absolutely no way in hell that's going to work for an extended show and it's going to be absolutely distracting if they do. So I don't know what they're going to do with it. Ed is just going to be Ed, right? They translated her to be exactly what she is, and the end result is the freakiest fucking thing you will have ever seen in your lifetime. Don't say I didn't warn you. It is creepy as shit, and it's going to haunt my nightmares, even more so than the fucking clown. Having said all that, did I enjoy the show? Yes. I hated some things about it, and there were some choices that could drive me mad. But you know what? At the end of the day, I respect that for what they had, they adhered to as much as they could, and they they made the characters look and feel exactly as advertised. They made some changes to characters' names and backstories and things, because they had to. They might have made some budgetary choices and how they framed a lot of the plots, but the plots felt like the show, the the show acted like the show they didn't like they didn't do the phoenix right thing where it's set in japan but they're talking about california and burgers no they're talking about wulongs and and astral gates and stuff all of the cowboy bebop ephemera is there and there's some nice little instances in there and some of the characters are absolutely amazing some of the translations of some of the episodes to live action make so much good material 
it's bogged down by some of the choices that they decided to make, not making everything fit one-to-one. And I think the best thing I could say is trying to enhance the crime drama aspect while upping the comedic aspect is its really big downfall. Because the crime drama and crime action, it's great. But the banter doesn't coalesce perfectly and some of the characters and what they do doesn't end up perfectly. So this is a split down the middle sort of situation. I'm on the happy side. I enjoyed it. I would. I told my parents, hey, you'll probably enjoy it. You can lighten up. I think it's f- perfectly acceptable. It's not going to replace the anime because what could, right? But for what they were trying to do, I think it was just fine. And I think I could deal with another season of it. Edward be damned, you know. But again, it's not Ed's fault. And I said that. But we'll see. I think they can take what they learned. But this is the same thing. You're not going to please everybody. We learned that with Star Wars because what's the joke? The people who hate Star Wars the most are Star Wars fans. That sort of thing. If you don't let a thing surprise you, you're not going to like anything. So keep your expectations somewhere in the middle. But I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. It's perfectly fine with some good moments in there, tacked onto some stuff that could have needed more work or could have changed a little bit. But they didn't strictly adhere to the anime, and it's perfectly fine. They did what they had to do, and they ended up with something that I enjoyed for a couple of days. It wasn't a complete joke. They, it wasn't a complete parody. It didn't like make me hate anime adaptations of you know into live action. I think you could do more. I'm okay with a second season of this. It's not going to rule my world or anything, but I'm fine with it. So, take take my opinion for what it's worth, or just go back and rewatch the anime because that's always going to be there and it's the best anime there ever is, at least in my opinion. But anyway, just wanted to get that out there, so I will skip another week, and then going next week, we will do Phoenix Wright. But I wanted to get this out there while I had it fresh in my mind, because I binge-watched 10 episodes, and I'm tired. So, I will see you guys next time. Citizen Strife, signing off.